What is up, everybody? We are back with another episode of Avoiding Reality, as always, presented by Branded Sports. You can check us out on thebrandedsports.com, branded underscore sports on Twitter. You can find this on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you can hear podcasts, which obviously you have already found if you are listening to this. So thank you. This is another episode of finales. We've had a lot of finales going on. There's a lot going on in the Real Housewives world with the Real Housewives of Orange County, the Real Housewives of Potomac, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is about to start. So we're going to get into heavy Real Housewives. But for right now, there are two shows that had finales in the past week, Below Deck and Married at First Sight that I would like to discuss. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, Below Deck is probably the show I had the most strong, passionate opinions on, especially on this podcast this year, this season. And I have already made the brave yet totally understandable announcement that moving forward, if there are any seasons of Below Deck that feature Captain Sandy Yawn, or I don't even like to say her name aloud, but it starts with an M. The last name is opposite color of black. She is the worst cast member in Bravo TV history. I despise her. Seeing her face on the screen makes my stomach flip. It makes me physically nauseous. My brain starts to trip out. And yes, I am talking about Malia White. So let's dive into the Blow Deck Part 2 reunion. There's some stuff that's lingering from Part 1. And I want to get in on the Married at First Sight New Orleans finale and reunion special where we have an update on where all the couples are now, what they decided to do on decision day, some revelations from the past episode that we definitely need to discuss. So let's do it. Meanwhile on Below Deck Med. So let's kick it off with Below Deck Med. We just finished up part two of the Below Deck Med reunion, virtual reunion, where pretty much everything for these past few episodes has revolved around two main storylines, one of which is Hannah being fired from the boat for her job. We haven't seen her since the show ended. We haven't heard from her, and we need to discuss, obviously, all of the altercation between Malia, Sandy, and the drugs found on board. That was just a huge violation of maritime law. There was a lot of maritime law discussion. And then Jessica and Rob and their relationship and the debacle that has happened there, where I still don't feel like we have like a clear understanding of exactly what happened. Everybody knew it was going to be a dumpster fire. It was not going to end well. Rob was on Watch What Happens Live a few weeks ago, already talking about how everything, well, I guess it was more than a few weeks ago. It was like a few months ago at this point. Well known that this has ended um, and there was a lot of fighting between them. But first, I think that the majority of this needs to be about Hannah and the situation and all of the events that led up to her eventual firing. Okay, so we pick the reunion up with everybody once again ganging up on Hannah. And once again, she handles herself with just pure and utter class. I mean, the woman is at this point probably like six months pregnant, seven months pregnant. This show has to be so far out of her mind that the fact she even contractually is obligated to appear at this reunion has to be extremely painful for Hannah. I think if I were her, I would do a big like fuck it attitude and just go off on everybody. But 
Miss Chief Stew herself has managed to say st- to stay sane, stay classy while still defending herself. There really is nothing she can do. And once again, at another reunion that I don't feel, especially with Below Deck, that Andy Cohen is doing viewers, doing people that have eyeballs and watch this season. I don't think he's doing any of us right at these reunions. He's he's asking some of the questions. He's not pushing hard enough where he needs to push, and he's not like revealing the true underlying feelings of people. And that's really what we need Andy Cohen for. I felt like he was very hard on Hannah and just not, and like, like seemed to like Malia and like being nice to Malia. It's just, how do you even do that at this point? Her attitude, her facial expressions were just so petty, so rude and unnecessary. I don't know how somebody stands her for a whole season of this. I would have slapped her because just her facial expressions alone, just the attitude behind all of it was insane in this reunion. And then when Tom comes in and joins, it is the weirdest, most awkward vibes I'm getting. First of all, you know, I'm not trying to pick on somebody physically, and this has nothing to do with her appearance. Malia is a very beautiful person, but her whole look for this reunion looked very pulled together in the bottom of some like mega yacht. I mean, she had like the side part straightened hair, and the hair was like a mess all over the place. The earrings, I mean, were those out of Bugsy's like 80s diva night for one of her charter, her costume banks? They're ridiculous. She looks weird. And there were just a few points of this reunion that I did not appreciate her chiming in. The fact that we had to listen to her voice, like we heard and Jessica started freaking out about it at the end. And everybody kind of assumes that Jessica's crazy because she, I don't know, is, but she's right. Like you could not get a word in otherwise over Sandy and Malia. Like they were so insecure about defending this decision and explaining the intricacies of maritime law that nobody really cares about because it's ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. Yes, obviously getting a speeding ticket in this country is against the law. Like speeding is against the law, but chill the fuck out. Like the, the fact, the one thing of this episode that drove me insane is the way they talked about like Valium prescribed to somebody who needs to be prescribed Valium, which Hannah admitted she was at fault by not sharing and disclosing the information, having her prescription given to the boat beforehand. But then she has a prescription. She sent it to production the day after she left the boat. So it's an active prescription, a medication prescribed for somebody for a physical deficiency, an actual problem. And they're making it seem like she was like high passed out on her bed somewhere and could not do anything. Like that is a medication. And the, she, Hannah says it at some point that like, you know, Valium doesn't do the same thing to somebody who doesn't have the, the symptoms of something that you would need Valium for. Like, it's insane. If you have a cough, you take cough medicine. Nobody is saying that that is a problem. Then she goes into even saying like, oh, I I wasn't even taking that. I was taking Advil PM and them saying, oh, well, you can't take Advil PM either. What the fuck are you talking about? If it's two o'clock in the morning and Hannah's off her shift, she can take a fucking Advil PM. I don't care what the maritime law is. If you hold somebody to that and you like fire somebody and shut down the boat because they're taking some Advil PM that's helping them sleep during a season, like a charter season where you're waiting on filthy rich demanding guests, like Malia, chill the fuck out. 
It's not, no one is going to shut the show down and take away Captain Sandy's license because somebody was taking a, a like prescribed medication or an Advil PM. Like that was very, she exaggerated that entire situation. It was extremely unnecessary. I could understand if they, their hands were tied and forced and Hannah was like incoherent and they had to step in and have an intervention for her and she couldn't do her job. But the whole situation between Malia finding them, the time and the, the timing of her reporting it all to Captain Sandy was insane. Captain and Sandy literally is like, I follow protocol. I didn't do one thing wrong. What about when you like chase down Hannah after she like peacefully decided to walk off and like keep her composure away from the cameras and you followed her off the boat and cornered her and confronted her saying like, oh, you don't think I care about you, Hannah? That was not professional, Captain Sandy. That was completely unnecessary. Captain Lee would never do such a thing, would never corner and like physically intimidate anybody Hannah was trying to take it like a champ. She had so much to say, you could tell. There was so much I wanted to say for her. She gracefully took a step away at the moment, and you came outside and, like, were scared somebody was going to be upset with you or somebody was going to be mad. I've never seen Captain Sandy acting just so, like, insecure about that whole decision. It was insane. And we're not even going to mention the video that was made like three weeks ago by Captain Sandy about Malia being gay and the things she accused her of. We're just going to keep going, la-di-da. This reunion was filmed after that video came out. We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. We're just going to let the two of them skate by in this and not discuss it. Like, if I was Malia, I'd be like, all right, Captain Sandy, let's talk about this. What are you doing? Please stop going on Cameo and talking about my sexual orientation. But obviously, she doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to bring it up. And apparently, just like on the boat where Malia can just go run to Captain Sandy and get involved in it, they, they're right off the hook. Bravo doesn't bring it up. They don't talk about it. And this is where I do think Andy Cohen needed to be a little bit firmer and do a little bit more of the dirty work for this type of reunion. Also, the part where I think Captain Sandy had her weakest moment is when they were discussing the room arrangements and she was trying to like tiptoe around the fact that she gave Hannah the responsibility as part of her job role to assign the room arrangements and then all of the blame and everything fell right on Hannah when she didn't make drop everything to make Malia comfortable and make their precious soft ego little obviously small dick having chef Tom to like make him be able to spend time with his loving girlfriend like that is not that is not Hannah's job. That whole fight was what really set me off and I think is really the reason why I hate Malia so much because when she just didn't get something to go her way immediately, she threw one of the bigger temper tantrums on reality TV that we have seen by going directly to Captain Sandy and then having, having Captain Sandy just go right to the microphone while Hannah was on a break and just announce that she was making the change and nobody had any say in it when that was just a whole ploy to make the couple's happy to get Malia and Tom to stay in their room together when there was two weeks left of this charter season and nobody fucking cared. It wasn't like grow up and get over it and separate from the room you wanted. Malia, 
chill out. You don't always get your way. And the way Captain Sandy was trying to say, oh, well, I guess if it's not like the chief officer, then it falls back to the bosun. No, it doesn't. It is the chief stew. Captain Lee has already gone over this. And you clearly gave that to Hannah as part of her job responsibility. And then you took it back. So I do not think she did a good job defending her position on that. And I think I would have respected it a little more if Captain Sandy had just said, I didn't agree with it. I think she was being immature. She didn't want to give up the room. So I made the decision for her. For her to try to tiptoe around that, sneak around the fact that she definitely told Hannah to assign the rooms when the season started and then just decided to pluck that out of the blue when it was convenient for her is absolutely ridiculous. And something else I really did not appreciate during part two and even part one of this reunion special is Bugsy really didn't have any presence in this season in terms of drama. There was really no reason for her to be speaking up or interrupting people at any points during this, yet she found a way to insert herself and make comments in places that just really had no business. Like if Hannah was asked a question and then Bugsy felt the need to like make a snarky comment and respond. And I just, I had already kind of excluded her from this grouping because I didn't want to disrespectfully group her in with Malia and Captain Sandy, but I did not appreciate her constant meddling in this fight. It's just not your fight. Kind of the same way Jess was intervening herself in it. However, I do feel like Jess is just that type of person. Like, I think she went in that wanting to fight with people and wanting to pop off a little bit. So it's a slightly different situation, but I just kind of wish Bugsy had just stayed out of it. Okay, so moving into Jessica's story arc, I really didn't feel that extra juice, that extra excitement around her and Rob's fight for this reunion. I feel like Rob was a little bit like dog tail with between his, his legs when he was talking about the messages he sent to Asia. Like it was just weird messages. Not I wouldn't consider it like sexually inappropriate with the stuff that Jessica revealed he sent to Asia on Facebook message, but. I, and I get that's Aisha's sense of humor to talk about, like, the size of her poops. But you could tell I think he was a little embarrassed to be called out by that. But what I do want to talk about first with Jessica is the fact that she got in the argument with Captain Sandy saying, like, well, it should be more clear in your contract if she had, like, a weed pen, which she then tried to claim was CBD, which obviously she got caught in the lie there. And whether or not Hannah actually had CBD or THC is still up in the air. Um, I, I kind of like understand her point. I'm, I know you're supposed to like read your contract, but I think that if you don't want people like doing, like if you go to a job, I think they would explain certain things as part of your hiring agreement without you having to read like the fine print of everything. I think that if she's right, if something is that serious as having a weed pen, which by the way is legal in the state that I live in and I'm prescribed on a medical basis, I just feel like you should, if it's something so serious that you could get your license taken away, I might make it an extra point when filming a reality show and hiring people for your reality show that you want to cause drama and you want to have some sort of interesting storyline. I think you might emphasize to them a little bit like, hey, by the way, if you have a, like anything on this boat, 
you're going to get this whole thing shut down. Like if it's really that serious, I would think it is something you might want to highlight to your your employees a little bit more. If an Advil PM is going to get Captain Sandy's license revoked, then first of all, I would like to see somebody do that on purpose next season if she's allowed back because please sabotage away. I just think Jessica had a little bit of a point there. Like, oh, it's in your contract, Jessica. Those contracts are probably 700 pages. She probably sent it to like a family friend lawyer to read and make sure it didn't include any language that was like going to put her in a harmful situation. And then she was like, sweet, you're getting hired to be the third stew on a reality TV franchise. Sign here, please. Like, if you didn't even catch her, it's just ridiculous because... Hannah nor Jessica nor anybody did anything remotely obvious to warrant this type of attack. It is very clear that Sandy and Malia do not like them. She didn't like Hannah. They didn't want Hannah there. And so they went as far as possible and did everything they could to set her up and to get her kicked off. And then we have to watch poor Hannah sit there and have to defend herself and have to care about something that she doesn't even care about because she has moved on with her life. She's happy and like the fact that she has to do this has got to be just so painful for Hannah and honestly this reunion this show in general once Hannah left there was really nothing else to talk about there was nothing interesting that happened on the show the rest of the characters are so far on the fringe of something that is interesting and good for reality tv like personally I like the show below deck so much because I love to see the crazy guests these people that come on these yachts have these insane demands the stuff they put the crew through the stuff they ask for, how crazy, like Johnny Damon going on this show and being blacked out and grabbing his wife's boobs and like trying to hit home runs off the side of the boat and like almost falling. That is why I love the show. What I do not love about the show is having to hate watch Malia. It just has sucked the life out of my below deck enjoyment for the season. And just after the whole Hannah drama, there really was nothing else to discuss. Like this reunion was so lackluster because there was nothing else to talk about. Like there's nothing that Bugsy or Alex or any of the like obviously we don't even acknowledge Pete Asia like they're just harmless people that just on the outside didn't cause any contribute any storylines and plot lines for the show this season like Bugsy and Alex casually flirting but having like the most friend zone relationship it doesn't do it for me it doesn't put asses in the seats for the reunion so I guess good job to Malia and Captain Sandy for creating and stirring up enough like hate in the below deck community that people don't want to watch the show anymore don't want to watch the two of them anymore that hate watching them has become the only excitement for the show but we need to new better. We need to get some fresh blood in here. I am excited for the new season of Below Deck regular with Captain Lee and some of the old throwback people that are coming back. I have hopes that they can focus on like the crazy guests on coronavirus. Captain Lee mostly just stays out of it until he's forced to put himself into the equation, which is a hell of a lot different than Captain Sandy, like making this her own personal reality show. But 
we need to do better. We need to step it up. We need to get some fresh faces in here in the show. We can't be rotating casts. And without Hannah as like Hannah and Kate, the two main chief stews going back and forth on each of these seasons, I don't think Jenna's going to hold up. I don't think people are going to rally behind Jenna. We need to get some fresh blood in here, some new chief stews, some God knows we need a new bosun. I don't want the brew boys. I don't want Joao. I don't want Ashton and I don't want Malia. So bravo. This is a, a my my public request to please focus your efforts on the casting department and let's do better for next season of Below Deck Med, please. Meanwhile on Married at First Sight. And next up, we had the finale and the reunion back-to-back nights for Married at First Sight New Orleans. So I don't think it came as a surprise to really many people who ended up staying together and who ended up getting divorced in the finale episode. It was a foregone conclusion that Amani and Woody were obviously going to stay together. They're in love with each other. They're probably the most adorable instantly in love couple we've ever had on Married at First Sight. There was also no question that Ben and Amelia were staying together. They are probably the most perfect match, the most compatible match in this show's history. You remember we talked to Dr. Pepper on this podcast a few weeks ago, and she hinted at having a favorite couple of all time kind of on the season. And Joe and I were both really torn if she was talking about Woody and Imani or Bennett and Amelia. And I am still thinking she was talking about Bennett and Amelia, the way that they talked on decision day and just the tattoo he got on his ass for Amelia. It was adorable. They've already moved to Virginia for her residency, they seemed like they might actually have a chance at going the full distance. So there was no chance these two were getting divorced. Same with Woody and Imani. Um, In the finale episode, in the reunion episode, actually, Woody presents Imani with like a new ring that he got for her. He reproposes. It's very emotional. There is not a lot of drama or things to discuss with either really one of those couples because... It was kind of boring. It was very straightforward. They're in love. They stayed together and like they're living happily ever after. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about them. I like them as couples. I think they will stay together. I think that like kids, families are on their horizon. I have nothing bad to say about either one of those couples and I wish all the best for them. Now, I would call this next couple on the cusp for what's intriguing reality TV-wise and what has a chance for actual success in the real world, and that obviously is Miles and Karen. I said to Dr. Pepper when she was on that if for some reason, and I already had read spoilers that they decided to stay together, but if for some reason Miles ended up single at the end of this, I would love to be connected to him somehow. And it seems like everybody else got that memo. And I think after like the show started airing and Karen started seeing the influx of women and just like positive support towards Miles in his DMs in like social media, everyone loved Miles. I think Karen probably saw that a little bit and was like, ooh, like everyone wants my man. So 
I kind of want my man a little bit more now too. But I thought there was a little bit at play, and and we should talk about that because that was a lot of the narrative throughout the season. I think that Karen was kind of fighting is that she didn't really care or like she wasn't showing enough emotion and she didn't seem like she was super into Miles. I think the like wedding day reaction was ridiculous where she like found his profile and didn't think he was her type. And then they kept like equating something she said that like depression isn't being masculine. So I do think she got screwed a little bit on the editing side. I mean, she obviously said those things and did those things, so they didn't make them up, but I think they kind of made her seem a little bit less into it because they wanted you to question if they were going to stay together or not. They couldn't have just like five couples that were either very obviously not going to be together or very obviously going to be together. There would be no intrigue. That was one of the only ones on decision day. Actually, that was the only couple on decision day where I genuinely wasn't sure what they were going to do, even though I did read the spoiler. So I guess that's a lie. I did know what was going to happen, but um, it was the only one they set up for like a mystery. The other four couples were obviously going one direction or the other. So good for Karen and Miles. They've been all on social media, on Instagram. They literally seem to live a block from Woody and Imani, and they all hang out. Remember, Woody and Miles were friends before this show started, so that's not really new. But um, I like how they've added in the past few seasons this mix of the couples actually hanging out and getting to know each other because the first few seasons they didn't do that. Like people didn't, they didn't meet, they didn't have bachelor, bachelorette parties together. So that is a good element that this show has added in. It's weird to see two friends before this, like, end up in happy marriages out of this, but they seem to be enjoying life. So I think it's time to probably get to the two couples that are the most controversial. First up, we have Henry and Christina. I think it was very obvious from the first episode from their wedding that these two were probably not going to be a match made in heaven, and they may not have stayed together on decision day. And come decision day, again, I don't think it was too questionable if they were going to stay together. It was very obvious that they were going to get divorced. Once Christina claimed that she got a text from somebody saying that Henry was gay, I think he used that as an opportunity because he didn't want to be with her anyway. I don't think he felt anything with her. I, I I truly don't. I don't think Henry is gay, but I don't know what type of woman or I cannot see him reacting positively to like spending time with a woman other than just like drinking rosé and playing board games on the couch. I just not that that means he's gay. I just it's it's almost as if he's asexual. I can't see him with anybody. I can only see him as Henry. Just this Henry, a cool guy on his own, hanging out with his friends, girls, and guys, and then like going to bed at night. It's just not something I see from Henry. And Christina's another one that I feel like has gotten a little bit of a bad rap. She's definitely a weirdo. She's definitely a little out of left field sometimes. They edited her like when she was talking in the group in a lot of situations as this like bimbo character where like everybody was just confused of what she was saying and looking at her very weird. I didn't love that. I feel like she did at least kind of try. Like Henry really wasn't giving her a lot. And I do think at the beginning she like would 
would have been into it if Henry had tried to make out with her or was like wanted to hold hands even. And he didn't want any of it. So I kind of don't blame her for losing her cool a little bit at at certain times of the show. But for whatever reason, they these two just were not a match at all. I can't believe that actual professional matchmakers thought there was something going to happen between these two. But what I do want to say about the reunion is that Henry was throwing a lot of shade at Christina. Like, she is very much just like, I've moved on with my life. I have gone on like moved to Mexico I'm dating people like she didn't have anything negative to say about the situation about him he started like saying he regrets it some days he feels like it's like walking on shards of glass and the thing I really hated most that he said during the reunion was that it was a huge red flag for him that Christina got out of a five-year relationship eight months before going on the show and that like not everyone's like him, but he likes to have time off and like decompress after a situation like that. Well, that kind of contradicts itself. If not everybody's like you and you like to spend time alone instead of moving on with somebody, that's acknowledging that some people aren't like that. I don't think that it should be held against Christina, her situation going into this. You could be out of a relationship for a month and end up meeting and marrying and being with somebody that is is ridiculous to hold that against somebody. Eight months is not no time. And when you're an adult, they're not like 23 years old. They're a little bit older. So time works differently once you're single and you get older. Eight months off of a relationship, like is there a time limit that I don't know about that you have to have a certain time between relationships? Like that was bullshit to hold her accountable for that. And she didn't really even push back. She didn't fight back and say anything. So I I actually did give Christina some points from this reunion and for not like flipping out at a lot of the things Henry was saying. I thought he was being very condescending and trying to prove that he was like better than Christina for this whole situation, which he clearly is not. Lastly, we have the most controversial couple, in my opinion, that I just really can't stand either one of them um, is Brett and Olivia. Now, these two had already decided to get divorced weeks ago. There was no question like it was more interesting to see on decision day how awkward it was going to be between the two of them. And boy, was it awkward between Brett being like, hey, love, hey, sweetie, how are you? And Olivia just refusing to acknowledge that she could have done anything to contribute to this failure of a marriage had my blood boiling. I hate these two and it pains me to say it, but I think I hate Olivia more than I hate Brett. I just feel like she was very stuck in her ways. She was not willing to compromise on anything, not willing to step outside of what she wanted and what she asked for in a husband. And at one point, Brett made a comment like, I think you like the idea of a husband. You wanted a husband to like check it off and to have it on paper. And looking back at the way she was referencing a lot of this stuff, she's like, I got a husband to travel the world and to do all these things. Like, did you fucking go to Macy's and buy a husband on the clearance rack? 
Like, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You can't find your husband on your own. No shade to that. I can't do that either. But you didn't come on the show as like a supermarket sweep to find a husband. You're going to have to be a little bit flexible, learn about somebody else. And if you want to decide that you're not meant for each other, it is not all Brett's fault. It is not 100% his fault. And I, I kind of like don't like this narrative. I think she is a little insecure about the fact that he wasn't interested in her and I don't think she was super interested in him either so I don't know why she wouldn't just admit that the fact that she kept continually saying that Brett like looking at himself in the mirror and like being attracted to himself was like such a negative thing do you know how many like Instagram models there are on this planet that will force guys to take like 3,000 Instagram photos for them all day Instagram husbands are a thing like God forbid the man have some confidence in himself. If if you didn't like that about him, then hey, just say, maybe we didn't work because I wasn't attracted to him either. And instead of saying everything of him being an asshole and he's this and he's a jerk and he didn't open up, like you both didn't like each other. It didn't work. Move on. Like it was just a lot of negativity towards Brett um, which I felt was a cop-out. I understand where that comes from, and I can see how sure he is an asshole. But especially being mad in the reunion special that Brett was on Tinder, like when they asked him if he was on any dating apps, and she was like, oh, yeah, all my friends send me every message that that he sends, and like I get screenshots every day that he's all over Tinder dating like wildfire, and he doesn't want to spend any money, but he goes on all these dates. Like there's a difference between a $100 date night he probably is taking women to like random dive bars with like fries and a caesar salad it's like very different spending some money on some dates with girls trying to find somebody to settle down with versus going on five-star vacations and poo-pooing a $10 bottle of wine like olivia fuck off no one is too good for a $10 bottle of wine And when she even read the messages, like, said some of the types of messages he was sending to girls, like, sorry, like, things are pretty sad around here. Can you give me something nice to cheer me up? I don't think that was creepy. I don't think that was, like, overly sexual or inappropriate. He was basically like, hey, the world is fucked. Like, that was his opening line. I don't hate it. As somebody who has seen a lot of horrible opening lines, that is not the worst one. So that backfired, her trying to, like, say Brett was this huge womanizer. The man is single. The man is single. Now, I didn't like that he's messaging her still and probably being a little flirtatious, but he's single. And I don't know why she's so fucking worried about what's going on in his Tinder messages and what kind of losers are out there screenshotting all these like clips of his Tinder profile and conversations and sending it to Olivia, his ex-wife. They're not even married. It's stupid. Get a life. Move on. And don't swipe right on Brett if you don't want to. Overall, with this finale reunion, Married at First Sight, the couples that 
stayed together are still together. The couples that got divorced are still divorced and are still single. There's really no major updates on the reunion show. I thought it was very lackluster. There wasn't a lot to reveal. Once we found out on decision day what happened, if you had asked me, oh, do you think these people are still together? Apart from the fact that I have seen all the spoilers and already knew they were, you could have guessed it. I mean, there's no way that any of those people were separating after decision day. So there was overall just not a ton of drama, not a ton of stuff to really go into, except obviously for Henry and Christina and Olivia and Brett, because they they saved the best for last of those two fighting. And then they'll like throw in a, a joke or two from Amelia and Bennett performing a made-up song. Uh, about recommending a restaurant, which actually I did not hate that musical performance. So that's a wrap on Married at First Sight season 11, New Orleans. And as Dr. Pepper previewed to us briefly on this show, they are already filming the next season. I think it's actually done. I think they've already had decision day. I think it was like last week. So we've got a new season locked and loaded. It's very exciting. That is... All for this week, there are there were two, like I said, big finale, big reunion episodes with Blow Deck and Married at First Sight, and all that really means is that a ton of new shows are coming back. There's news, Real Housewives, a whole new city, Salt Lake City, The Bachelor is back, or The Bachelorette is back, The Bachelor is almost back, there's a lot going on. They've filmed a new season of Temptation Island, which I cannot wait for, so there's a lot to look forward to. We're going to break it all down. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Allie White, A-L-I-W-E-I-T-Z. You can find this on Branded Sports on thebrandedsports.com, on Twitter, branded underscore sports. If you would not mind to please like, rate, and subscribe this podcast, please let me know if there are any shows I'm missing, other shows you want me to break down, and I look forward to it. We will see you next week.